0: You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell finishes his series on the information age. In the third part, Linnell asks his radio audience Are you accessing the information available to you? How do you manage the mediums you use to access this information? Let's join the conversation.
1: Tonight, the topic and questions are. It's the information age, part three. Are you accessing the information available to you? Like, are you appropriately accessing the information available to you? And the second question I have is, how do you manage the mediums you use to access this information? And so by mediums, I mean, you know, whatever vehicle you use to get your information, be it Google, be it Facebook, be it Tumblr, be it many of the different avenues that we often can go to get the information that we need so those are the questions tonight you have a perspective or you have a question give me a phone call and again the topic tonight is it's the information age we've been talking about this the last three weeks we've had some wonderful phone calls some great insight and the questions I'm looking for you all to answer this evening are do you have the proper access to the information that's available to you? Like, are you getting to it? And secondly, how do you manage the mediums you use to access this information? And uh, I'll go more into that, but sometimes the mediums that we use, they can be confusing. You know, so Google or, you know, Facebook, I said that one already, uh, Twitter. All of these are great mediums where you can get lots of information, but you also can get lost You can get derailed, detoured, and before you know it, 30 minutes later, you haven't done any of the work you were supposed to do, and uh, you're out looking at videos on the Vine, doing it for the Vine, and all kinds of other things. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. How do you stay focused? So, you know, this is the information age. You're trying to go out there and get the information you need, but uh, it's in some ways built almost to distract you. So how do you go about staying focused? So we'll be talking about that. So tonight I'm really interested in what you all think are the main reasons why we lack information and knowledge in what is named the information era. The Internet has connected us. Social media has provided us the mediums we need to stay connected. But are we gathering the knowledge we so desperately need or rather using these mediums to further dull our minds and become super entertained? You know, that's the you know, which side of the paradigm do you fit on? And so we're more connected than we've ever been. And so why is it that we seem so disconnected from the information we need? So help me out tonight. That's what I'm talking about. As always, I have my own perspective, but I would love to get yours. I've got a great show lined up. So keep it locked right here on WVON 1690, because if you do, the idea is for you to get inspired. All right. So let's get into the show. We've covered quite a bit in the last three weeks. And I think the best way to put a period on this particular topic is to talk about, one, how to go after the information that's available. But I do want to spend some time helping you all understand how to manage the mediums that you're using when you're going out there to uh, to Facebook, Instagram, Google, Twitter, et cetera. Like, how do you stay focused? And so I, I have some thoughts. I would love to hear from you guys if you have thoughts on it. Now, I asked, I would say early at the top of the month, whether or not ignorance is really bliss. Like, so if not having information is actually a good thing. And I think we arrived together at the conclusion that it's not. So when I say this, you know, I believe we vetted out this topic that what you do not know can hurt you. Like what you do not know can hurt you. And there's A lot of quotes, a lot of writings that support that. So if what you do not know can hurt you, what you do not know can destroy you and what you do not know can separate you from your destiny. Now, what do I mean by that? Plenty of us have ideas. Plenty of us have thoughts and dreams that we want to go after. And typically the reason why we can't necessarily bridge The gap between that idea and the concept itself is because there's we don't have the knowledge to bring it to life. And so typically. Knowledge is the thing that separates us from our destiny. And now we live in this era where the knowledge is out there. We just have to go get it. And so that's what I mean when I say what you do not know can separate you from your destiny. Now, the lack of knowledge or refusal To use acquired knowledge can hurt as well, because I mean, it basically destroys and separates us from that destiny and dream. We never had the opportunity to dream. Now, okay, so you say, all right, now what are you saying? This is what I mean. As you start to acquire knowledge, it's like building blocks, right? You know, so you lay your foundation and then the more you learn about your craft or whatever it is, the more you begin to see that is available to you. And you can build from there. Now, without those cinder blocks of knowledge, then sometimes you have no clue, no clue on where you're supposed to go. Again, the idea is completely disconnected from the ability to make it a reality. And this is a harsh reality, but it's true. Now, let me give you an example of what I mean. I believe I used this example sometime before about my brother. Okay, so. It had to be at this point now, maybe about two years ago, my brother and I were having a conversation about Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. All right. And he was sharing with me how the book had changed his life and assisted him in how he had been strategically placing his energy. And it was fascinating because I could see the excitement in his face as he described what he had learned. Right. He started to talk about how a successful person's circle of influence is much larger than their circle of concern. And I've shared this with you guys before, um, this concept from Stephen Covey. Okay, so the circle of influence, you know, what you can actually influence becomes much larger than your circle of concern because you focus on the influence. Right. Uh, Your concerns are your worries. These are the things that you cannot control. Um, And often that's where we spend a lot of our mind share. And that's why we can't get ahead, because we're focused on the what if, the what might happen, which is basically fear, right? We're afraid or fear is running our life and causing us to kind of take a pause on everything we're doing because we're afraid of what might happen. And I think we both we all know that, you know, 90 percent of what we fear and we worry about never happens. So that's think about it as wasted time. OK. And what Stephen Covey was saying in the book is, you know, don't do that. Instead, focus on the circle of influence, the things that you can control. And my brother was, you know, sharing this with me here, read the book. And then he shared that I learned that I can be much more effective if I concentrate on the things in my life that I can directly influence rather than give my mental energy to my concerns. And now Like I said, this was a few years ago, right? A couple of years ago, not a few, but two years ago. And since then, I've seen a dramatic, dramatic shift in my brother's life. And my point is that shift was the consequence of knowledge. The consequence of knowledge that he gained from reading a book. So knowledge, right? It's the... uh, (laughs) I'm trying to remember how I put it a few weeks ago, but the information age has become the great equalizer. And all of us, no matter what sex, gender, belief, race you are, we all have access to the same information. That's what I mean. It's the information age is the great equalizer. And so once you access this information, it can actually shift your way of being or your way of thinking about certain things and for my brother it shifted him into a brand new context and since, since then i've seen a lot of traction in his life in regards to the things that he's looking to do all from and this is you know beginning from one book now since then he's you know he's of course you know read more and, and done more but it's a like i said building blocks right so it's interesting because these days i listen to my brother share his dreams that I know he wasn't dreaming a couple of years ago. And these are probably dreams that he wouldn't have been dreaming if it weren't for his initiative to acquire that initial knowledge. So, when I talk about the knowledge gap, like if you don't get the initial knowledge, then sometimes it will separate your, you from your destiny. That's what I mean. The more I learn, the more I become ingrained in the belief that the cliche phrase ignorance is bliss is just downright ignorant. And I shared that quote before and it's something that I firmly believe is that ignorance is bliss is, you know, that whole cliche saying is downright ignorant. What you do not know can hurt you. What you do not know can destroy you. What you do not know can separate you from your destiny. That's it. And so then our effort should be placed and to trying to figure out what we do not know. But now there's something worse than that. You say, all right, Lanell, what's worse than that? Well, to me, what's worse than that is to actually be completely informed. Like, so you have the knowledge, yet you take no action. Like, so some of us, we've done the reading, we've done the research, and you could talk to these individuals, and I think you all know them. You could talk to them and they they can talk a good game. I mean, they have the information. They can talk to their blue interface about what is right and what is wrong. According to certain theories, they've got it down pat. But you don't see the evidence of that information of that knowledge in their lives. Why is that? Because I'll tell you to have knowledge and remain completely inactive. Sets us up for the awful side effect that I call regret. And that's probably the one thing that I want to make sure that I avoid (laughs) is regret. And so tonight, if you don't have the knowledge, what I'm saying is begin building the foundation with the beautiful mediums that we have in in, in the information age to gather the knowledge. And if you do have the knowledge, it is time for you to take some action. Take some action. I think it's Peter Drucker who said, knowledge has to be improved, challenged, and increased constantly or it vanishes. I mean, it's just like uh, anything else. If you don't practice, you can't keep it up. I played golf a couple of weeks ago, and um, I think it's the second or third time I played golf this year. Wasn't pretty. (laughs) Wasn't pretty. Why wasn't it pretty? Because if you don't improve, challenge yourself, you know, then the skill vanishes. I mean, that's how it is with anything. I used to be a much better basketball player when I was younger than I am now. But I used to play a lot more basketball back then than I play now. It's the same thing. So it's important for us to act on what we know. Act on what you know, because if you don't take on the practice, then you can lose it. And we all know that knowledge is power. Knowledge is life. Knowledge is happiness. And knowledge is the equivalent of more. And uh, when I say more, I mean more potential, more dreams than you have today. So the one thing I would ask you to do is, you know, reflect on these questions. And that question is, do you have a healthy hunger for knowledge? And are you acting appropriately on the knowledge that you already have? And what I would say is here are two things that you can keep in mind as you reflect. First is to learn. We first must listen. We first must listen. You have to be willing to, to be quiet and just, you know, hear people out. And like I said, you can learn something from a fool. Fool can teach you what not to say and what not to do. (laughs) And so sometimes you just have to listen. A wise man will listen and increases learning. And then number two is every person we encounter knows something we don't know. What is it? What is it? And I try, to, I try to treat it like a treasure hunt. Like, what do you have? What experience, what knowledge do you have that I do not have that I can possibly garner from you that will make me that much better for having met you, for having shaking your hand, for having exchanged some energy with you. Doesn't make sense to uh, come into someone's presence and not even know what they may be able to offer up. It's a waste and in some ways, some, you know that's some of the, something else that you can look back and possibly regret. So I would say take on the no risk investment of learning and then act on that knowledge. There's a quote by Benjamin Franklin that I'll share that comes to mind. And it's, if a man empties his purse into his head, No one can take it away from them. An investment in knowledge always pays the best interest. Nobody can take it from you. So this is the 21st century. We live in a digital age where information is plentiful and free. And gaining new knowledge can be as simple as surfing the Internet once a day or just taking up something enlightening to read. But what I would say is make a commitment to invest in you. And an investment like this will pay interest to you. I know it will and everyone else who benefits from your wisdom. So your family, your children. You know, it's crazy, but think about this. An investment in knowledge today can actually set up your legacy where your children and your children's children actually experience this life in a different way because you invested in yourself today. And I think sometimes we think about it just as surface. But we don't understand the ripple effect that the things that we do now have generations from now. And so what are you doing for your children? What are you doing for your children that aren't here? What are you doing for your grandchildren that aren't here or or in some cases your great grandchildren that aren't here? Just another way for us to think about that. So make a commitment to invest in you and yours. An investment like this will pay interest to you and everyone else who benefits from that wisdom. And knowledge is the impetus of everything and every dream. And in, you know, in my case, I believe knowledge is just pure inspiration. All right, so five ways to successfully manage your media. So just to set the context, more data has been produced in the last two years than all the data produced throughout our documented history. And I've shared that before. And I know that's hard to believe, but when you consider that we're living during the information age, I suppose that it makes what I just shared a, more, a bit more digestible, okay? It's basically, we all are adding some type of information to the net. Every time we upload a picture, every time we upload a video, this is all data that is being sorted through, you know? So Zach, if Zach uploads something to the internet, Zach is my Facebook friend, that can end up in my feed, and that becomes information that I need to sort through, okay? Now... I believe that a lot of us are being held back simply by media overload. Overload. Now, think about it. Okay, there are so many data wells from which you can pull. And I've talked about a few, but I'm going to go through the ones that I know of. Google, Facebook, Yahoo, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Clout, YouTube, Snapchat, Vine, Spotify. I could keep going, but I I don't want I don't want to forget WorldStarHipHop.com. (laughs) And some of y'all know exactly what that website is all about. Right. But these are all the different mediums that are out there. And with so many attractive options, it's likely that plenty of us spend many of our valuable hours exploring our media channels while the things that really matter go unattended and sometimes slip away. And the things that slip away are things like relationships, things like our dreams, things like our goals and aspirations, things like our moments. You know, those once in a lifetime moments that we miss because we're looking at something on our phone. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that all media is bad. In fact, that's probably how you found me. Right. (laughs) I mean, I I advertise the show on Facebook, advertise the show on Instagram, advertise the show on, on Twitter, all the different vehicles out there. So I'm not saying that it's all bad. I believe social media is a wonderful development. However, too much of any one thing can become a problem. And so to help us all, I've identified to close out the information age you know, segment that we've been having, I've identified five ways to help you successfully, successfully manage your media. So I'm gonna start with number one. Okay. Number one is know your limit. Unfortunately, regardless of how shocking, funny, informative, or helpful the information you find or see on your media channels may be, you can't see it all. You just can't. You can't see it all. All right. You can't see every news feed. You can't see every picture. You can't see every tweet. You can't watch every video. You can't watch every show on television. And so since you can't see it all, it's a mistake to even try. So what I would say is, if you find that you're having a problem with social media management, it may be time to set a media threshold for each day. And so an example would be, maybe one hour of media per day. So, you know, during the week, you only spend one hour, maybe 15 minutes when you wake up, 30 minutes at lunch, 30 minutes, you know, at some point before dinner, after dinner, et I know somebody's like, are you kidding me? One hour? <laughs> Cause I know, I know some of y'all spend hours a day on social media. I'm sorry. If you're spending hours a day on social media, then that's what's running your life. You're not running your own life. And you should be trying to figure out what you want to do, how to go after your purpose and and basically looking at mediums that will get you there versus get you to the end of a laugh. I'm just saying. okay? so just remember, media includes television, too. So when I said one hour of media, I was talking about TV, too. Now. I know people are like, what? <laughs> yeah. All right. So so then you but you have to you have to set your own. So if that's not realistic, what I'm saying is set a threshold. Maybe for you it's two hours, like limiting it to two hours may actually be a benefit for you. Whatever that is, set a realistic threshold and stick to it. Stick to it. And then on the weekend, maybe you expand it. Maybe it's four hours on the weekend. I'm saying two hours Saturday. And two hours on Sunday. I know some of y'all thinking four hours for the whole day. <laughs> well, you know, but like I said, set the threshold and then stick to it and track it. Track it, okay? All right, that's number one. Know your limit. Number two is know your vision. I put this on the uh, on the post for the show tonight. Visionary leaders have their own visions, so you have to be careful how much tell a vision. You watch or eventually your vision will be the vision you've been told to have, period. That's it. Like if you don't have your own vision, if you're not trying to to run your own life and you're using all these mediums, like you're spending all this time on these mediums. Believe me, they're telling you what to look like, what to wear, what to eat, all of it. I mean, that's what they're that's what they're doing. If you're looking at the videos and that's all you look at, they're teaching you how to dress. They're teaching you how to talk. I mean, that's just, that's what it is at the end of the day. All right? So you have to know your own vision. What are you up to? Do your media habits align with your goals and ambitions? Are you using your media outlets as a tool to source your endeavors, or are the media outlets using you? I don't know about you, but Olivia Pope hasn't put any money in my pockets. I've said that a few times on this show. On the other hand, Kerry Washington is getting paid very well for you to watch her play, Miss Pope. So who's fulfilling whose vision here? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, okay? Number three, find a media mentor, all right? Find a media mentor. So what do I mean? Think about this. How much time do you think Oprah Winfrey spends listening to Beyoncé Knowles. And I know I'm about to hit on something here, okay? But how much time, because we aspire to her, or you know, she's somebody that we can look up to in the African American community because of what she's accomplished. All right. And so when you look at someone like that and you say, "Hey, I want to ball out like that. I want to have swag like that," then that means you might want to, you might have to do some of the things they do. So I'm asking you. How much time do you think Oprah Winfrey spends listening to Beyonce knows? Now, she might check out a song or two, and she's even been on the show, right? Back when Oprah had the show. But you can be for sure that she's not listening to Beyonce all day long. (laughs) And you might say, Linnell, how do you know that? I know this because of her output. I know this because of her output. If all she listened to was Beyonce, then all she would talk about would be Beyonce. Mm. So I might just hit on somebody, because if that's all you talk about, then that's all you doing. Beyonce living her life. What you going to do? I'm just asking. It's that simple. Tell me your inputs and I can predict your outputs. Okay? a few years ago, I downloaded a bunch of Earl Nightingale talks on success and I listened to his talks every day. I listened on the way to work, I listened to, listened to his talks on the way home from work, and then I would listen to his talks at home. I made Earl Nightingale my media mentor, purposely, because I wanted to know everything he had to say about success. What do you want to know? And who should be your media mentor? Like, think about it that way. And so, if you wanna know how to do something in particular, then who are you watching in the media or who's your media mentor that you're going to learn from? Like, make this work for you. Make this information age work for you. Make the fact that we're all connected work for you and make them your media mentor. Earl Nightingale, I mean, he's back from the 50s and 60s, but I've learned a whole lot from that cat. And the same thing, I can go down the names, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, (laughs) you know, all these guys. I haven't met them. But they're my mentors nonetheless. Right. Napoleon Hill. I can go through the list. So who's your mentor? You know, set it up where you can learn from them. All right. Number four, know your priorities. Now, I've been guilty of perusing Facebook as soon as I wake up in the morning and more than likely you have too. All right. Okay. so I'll admit it. There's something about having messages and notifications that make Facebook seem like a top priority, like, oh, okay, I got some notifications. I need to check them. But the truth is, Facebook should only be a priority for one guy. And that's Mark Zuckerberg, (laughs) because he's the one getting the money for everything that we do. And so despite that fact, this young man has somehow tipped the scales on what matters most to some of us. And so it might be. It just might be time we all pay more attention to the real priorities that we have in this journey called life. And so I'll ask you some questions because I bet you know a whole lot about what's going on 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 your Facebook page and a whole lot of other people's Facebook page. But do you know the answers to these questions? What are your top 10 priorities for this upcoming week? Top 10 priorities, top 10 things that you need to have done. What are your top 10 priorities for this month? Just for the month. Like, here are the things that I want to make sure I have done for the month. But better yet, what are your top 10 priorities for this year? At the beginning of 2014, what did you commit to? And did you do it? Or do you even know what those priorities are? I'll make a blind bet that... They don't include losing time on mindless media. But if we were to measure out how much time we spend on this media versus actually using it to some type of end, it would probably far outweigh the unconscious time we've used on this media would far outweigh the conscious time where we were actually using it to gain traction in our lives. That's. What I'm looking at. okay. number five. Number five is know your media. And this is crucial because all media carries with it a message. So what is your media telling you? That song you love so much. What is it really saying or suggesting? Does that suggestion line up with what you want to do and how you want to live? Maybe your media isn't suggesting anything at all. Maybe it's just suggesting that you laugh. That's fine. Just remember, a mind that is constantly entertained becomes a lazy and passive mind. So what is your media suggesting? And this is huge because sometimes we get so caught up in the beat of a song and how it sounds and how it feels. And we, you know, we tap we tap our feet to the beat. We move our head. But what is that song saying? What is it putting in your space? What is it putting on your mind? What is it feeding your subconscious? That's the question. Because then sometimes when we act out in ways that we don't necessarily understand, It's because a seed was planted some time ago based on what we're letting in our heads. Again, inputs, outputs. I'm just getting your appetite wet. (laughs) I got a whole lot to say about inputs and outputs and how they impact who we are and what we do. Control your media. If you control your media, you can control your mind. Think about that. Because some of you are saying, well, I have a hard time doing this. I have a hard time doing that. If you can control your media, then you can begin controlling your mind. And if you can control your mind, you can begin controlling your world. The great people we admire know this. You should, too. I'm telling you, they control their media. They control their minds and therefore they can control their worlds. And that is why. Often we look up to them. We say they are who we can label as successful. You want to be successful? All you have to do is follow the format, control your media, control your mind, control your world. All right. So those are the five. I'll quick, quick, quick run through again. Number one is know your limit. Set the limit on how much media you're going to take in. You know, that includes social media and television. Number two, know your vision. What are you up to in life? What's your purpose? Why are you doing what it is that you do? Number two. Number three, find a media mentor. Okay, find a media mentor. Whoever it is that, you know, lines up with what it is that you want to do, your philosophy, find that mentor and work with them. And they, you can work with them virtually, right? I downloaded Earl Nightingale. Number five, know your media. All right. Know your media. I'm sorry, I skipped number four. Know your priorities. You know, number know your priorities. And then number four, I mean, number five, I'm sorry. Know your media.
0: This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Lanell Harris on social media at the handle Lionel Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.